the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. AM 560 WFIL.com and on the app. Love that song. Originally done by a guy named Tom Cochran. Rascal Flatts doing it there. I think it was in one of the Cars movies. Life is a Highway, and the band Rascal Flats is a guy named Jay DeMarcus who joined our program, I don't know, about a year ago or so. He's a believer who was in a Christian band called East to West back in the early 90s, and uh, he is now doing a record label called Red Street Records. We talked about that in one of his new artists and everything. Um, so anyhow, uh, back in the early 90s, by the way, I was working at a Top 40 station in town. I was going to college at Penn State. And they had a station called the all-new, all-hit B-103. It was there that I first came across the song, Life is a Highway, again, done by a guy named Tom Cochran. And as a DJ, just a fun little thing, when you are uh, you know, on the air in music radio, you love having songs that have good energy and they have a good intro time to allow you to do a little yapping about something. And the one by Tom Cochran, I believe, had a 21-second intro, which is perfect. I usually don't want you talking more like that, more than that in a row on a music station anyway, at least at the time. And so I remember that song coming out. It was full of energy, full of life, and it had 21 seconds as an intro to boot, and it was perfect. And then, uh, lo and behold, Rascal Flatts uh, does a version of it, and it makes a comeback when the Cars films were popular some years back. So anyhow, that's a little bit of history as we start off the show. I want to put that on. It's a sunny day. What a gorgeous day. We're supposed to have a wonderful weekend. Today's high 72. Cleared night, low 50. Kind of cloudy tomorrow, but mild. 68 the high. And then Sunday, sunny, breezy, high 77. Gotta love that. Flyers had a win last night. 6-3 over Montreal. James Van Riemsdyk, couple of goals. Number 22 and 23 on the year for him. Had an assist as well. Rookie Bobby Brink had a couple of assists on the first two goals. The Flyers are home Sunday afternoon at 4 against Pittsburgh. Uh, going back to my childhood, uh, speaking kind of some news that just popped up, Guy Lafleur, one of the best-known players in Montreal Canadiens history, just passed away, just only 70 years old. He helped the uh, Canadiens win five Stanley Cups. He was the MVP a couple of times, led the league in scoring a few times. I remember him as a kid being kind of the nemesis of the Flyers. Bobby Clark and Bill Barber and Bernie Perrant and all those guys won a couple of Cups, but Montreal won five Cups uh, during that kind of that run in and around it. So uh, anyway, Guy Lafleur passing away at age 70. Phillies are home against Milwaukee this evening at 7.05, and the Sixers at Toronto tomorrow afternoon at 2. Sixers up three games to none. Speaking of sports, before we get into the program even further, well, I'll mention it to you now. I guess I might as well. We're looking forward to having uh, a new music by Brandon Heath to play because we're giving away his new CD called Enough Already. You can go to WFIL.com and hit the contest page to enter on that. We'll play a couple clips from our interview with Brandon as well to shed some light on the album. Also, Bonnie Wright, actress best known as her, uh, I guess they say actor now, 
I, I hear it both ways. Um, Ginny Weasley in the Harry Potter movies, she actually, and she's done directing since those movies, but she has a book out, brand new book called Go Gently, Actionable Steps to Nurture Yourself and the Planet. So Bonnie will join us later in the hour, and then we have the Now That's Punny part. But uh, I'm uh, glad to be able to bring on board because it's been quite some time and speaking of sports and all that, uh, one and only Gary G. Cop. Gee, how you doing today, man? Uh, I've been doing great. I've been doing great. Um, you know, I went over to Israel. Went over there for uh, what about nine days? It's uh, part, you know, part of this trip. Man, what a trip! Wow, what a uh, what an amazing thing! You know, saw some, uh, you know, all the history they have over there. Boy, it's just astounding. They said they said that every time if they have something happens where they have to do some digging. Yeah. When they dig, they, they run into history and they have to, you know, set it to the side and they have to go in and make sure they, they, they get all of the different evidence of, um, you know, the, all the history they have over there in Israel, but it's amazing, you know, in Jerusalem we went to and, and, uh, over, over to Bethlehem and, wow. uh, we, we saw what all the steps where the master, uh, where he walked at, you know, and that was quite an experience. Had you ever been before? No, I'd never, I'd never been before, no. I've heard so many good things about taking that trip or a trip uh, you know, to Israel. Yeah. And, uh, wow, nine days. So how did you come back? I mean, I, I enjoy having you on the program just to share about, you know, your love for the Lord and what he's teaching you in addition to sports, which you've done for, you know, your whole life, really. But but uh, anything in particular strengthened in your faith as you, you know, came back or something you realized or – uh, well, insight? you know, I, I, I guess, you know, the biggest thing that is that, uh, you know, uh, Jesus died for everybody. You know, over there they have, of course, you got a you know, big uh, Jewish um, population, yeah. uh, Muslim population and Christian population. You know, all the different faiths right there living uh, around each other. And, of course, uh, with, without the um, uh, Judaism, you know, you don't have Christianity. I mean, yes, right. So, so. Um, but, you know, and, and there are just so many things about Judaism and um, the, the things that they, you know, were looking for in the Messiah uh, that, you know, that definitely, you know, he was the Messiah. He is the Messiah. Yeah. You know, he's the answer, the, the truth and the life. You know, no man comes to the Father but by him. And so you have him there in the middle of everything, so many things. He's the one that you have to make a decision about. And that's where, uh, you know, the world is. You've got to make a decision about him. Yeah. Uh, all the other things are maybes. Uh, you look at you, but you've got to make a decision about him. Well, let me ask you this, yeah. Jake, and I agree. I just actually had this conversation with someone the other day about you can talk and have lots of conversation about God and spiritual matters and different subjects. And that's fine. But who is Jesus? Let's make sure we have that question discussed. Uh, if nothing else, that's the only question we talk about because you learn a lot based upon what a person's answer is to that. I'm wondering if when you're there, you know, we're thinking every time I hear someone from America going to Israel, it's about to deepen their faith, broaden their faith. It'll make the pages of the Bible come alive and all that. I bet it does. But what about there? What, you know, what did you find about the people who are already there and they live it and it's in the middle of, like you said, Jesus is there, so to speak, from the, the, all the cultural things and, the, and, the, and the, the places. Have they got, are they used to it or does it still have a sense of wonder for them too? 
Well, I, I think that, that uh, yeah, they, they, they live amongst it. I mean, there, there's so much, uh, like, see, the way things are that um, many of the places with different historical places, places, you know, in the Bible, they're next to uh, an apartment building. You know, <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. it's, it's right. It's right there in the middle of where they live because, you know, they got you know, all these people that live there over, you know, these different uh, uh, sites that are historical sites and things. And they live right around it. So mm. to some, you know, you could see they, you know, that uh, I, I guess the, all of them that you can't get away from religion, quote unquote, that's there, yeah. you know, because it's such a big part of the life there, but ultimately it comes down to what do you say about Jesus? You know, that's where every, everything points to. And that's where ultimately, you know, you, you make that decision because, um, you know, he came, he didn't say that you can do anything else outside of him. (laughs) It's gotta be, there's only one way to the father. You know, and ultimately you got to make a decision about Jesus Christ and and making the decision about him. That is where you either start there or you end there. But Mm. ultimately, that's what divides everything. You know? Yeah. He does. Folks tuning in, Gary G. Cobb, just uh, hanging out with us for a few minutes. Want to give him a call because I'm I'm realizing I haven't talked to Gary in quite a while. Uh, Gary, of course, played for the Eagles and played for the Cowboys and Lions and uh, and then has done broadcasting for many, many years and still has his uh, work cut out for him in terms of mentoring and helping with players as they transition out of the league. I believe you're still doing that too. That's right. Yeah. I'm still doing it. That's right. Visiting the incarcerated. So you have a lot happening uh, going on, but also uh, every now and again, you, you jump on and encourage people in, in terms of things of the Lord. When, when did you first come to Jesus? At what point in your life did you get presented with him as, as far as this is someone you need to, as you were saying, decide upon and think about? Well, well, really, I, you know, I, um, I got born again. I was, uh, you know, went up and received the Lord really when I was, uh, nine years old, you know? So, okay. you know, I, I was young, we were brought up in the church. Uh, but I really drifted away from the Lord because uh, when I was in school, you know, I felt like, Hey, you know, I, I'm not doing what everybody else is doing. All the other things are doing, you know, and, so with a lot of things, whether it be with the ladies, you know, having sex and, you know, you're, you're also, um, you know, drinking and smoking marijuana and all whatever, you know, that's the thing in high school, college and everything. Mm. But when I was at, when I was in college, you know, I had some information come to me that really kind of changed some things where I had to make a big decision. And I knew that I had really opened the door to a lot of this, which is, you know, my uh, girlfriend came and told me she was pregnant. Yeah. So I knew I had to make a decision. And ultimately I knew that I needed to start being faithful to the Lord, you know? And, uh, so, uh, that, that made me make a decision, you know, and we ultimately, you know, uh, not too long after that, we got married and, uh, I was no, I was in no shape to be a, a father and a husband and I needed to grow up. So I got, I got serious about, you know, I knew I was, I wasn't, I wasn't living the way I should have been. And that's the reason, you know, I was in, you know, um, in that kind of dis- uh, situation to make that decision. And so, uh, it really, 
you know, was uh, something that ultimately, hey, I had had to grow up. You know, I had to grow up in the Lord. I had to uh, decide that I wanted to live for him. And and, and that's really, uh, really what happened then. And that, that happened when I was in college. And, uh, you know, I got serious about, you know, living for him and, and, um, and making the commitment that I wasn't going to just be talking about it, but I was going to be living for him. And, you know, and, and that's allowed a lot of things open up about, you know, what really, you know, the, the, the love of God and uh, what God, how he wants us to live and what he wants to do in ministering to other people. And, and, and all of the, the different things that go with that, being a father, being a husband, you know, the uh, growth that you need to make in those areas. So that that's really what happened. Amen. And it was something that uh, was, you know, I look back and smile. But, you know, thank God, you know, uh, so we've got we've got uh, three kids and five grandkids uh, years <laughs> later. So how's that little one, by the way, the, the youngest chub ball is six months uh, now. He's, uh, He's six months now, but he's he's doing well. He's still porking he's growing up. up and everything and uh, eating everything in sight. Know, he, I beg your pardon? Is he eating everything in sight? Yeah, he's eating everything in sight. You know, in <laughs> fact, if you don't feed him fast enough, he gets mad. <laughs> That's so, me too. I'm fifty two. Yeah, so really, that's really changed. Yeah, yeah. I said, well, he got that. Uh, he definitely got that. Honestly, <laughs> that's good. But, you know, by <laughs> the way, when you're talking there, something came, came to mind. My wife Tina's mom and dad used to say to each other, what a good decision. Whenever they would make a decision, they're very humble people. They weren't, they weren't patting themselves on the back, but it was a way that they would affirm each other out loud. And yeah. for a season, my wife and I would do that also. I'd say, what a good decision. It might just be something simple like, we're going to have leftovers for dinner. What a good decision, yeah. you know? And that's, that's right. as I'm thinking, you know, you had those, those struggle years, late or high school, college, but then, then choosing to grow up, as you say, and not goof off, but also with the Lord's strength and help, of course. That's right. You look back now, all these years later, what a good decision. Aren't you so glad? You know? what? A, hey, what a good decision. <laughs> Boy, you, that is just so true. When God is a part of things, you know, it, it gets where it's just so sweet and so uh, genuine. That's the way the Lord is. You know, he's the thing you say about him, he's genuine. There's no phoniness about him. And so... uh that's the way his word is and that he can be that part of our life as long as we will receive his word and obey it. And that's where it is. You know, that that's where the life he said, <laughs> you know, that uh, he is the life. If you want to live a life that's a complete life where you're really uh, living a life that's nourishing and you also can give life to other people by, you know, being um, the person that God made us to be, we we're able to give that life and share that life with other people, you know, and, and giving them encouragement, you know, being able to love a brother. You know, in fact, I, there was a young man that came to our church on Sunday. And, and uh, one of the things I do is I call the young men that visit, you know, I'll call them after they come. Yeah. So I was talking to him and he said that um, he had wrote something on the paper that we give them to kind of just say, is anything we can pray for you for? He said he wanted to, he wanted help to, um, because he just felt anger inside and bitterness because he had been uh, at, at the age of 13, he was homeless. You know, he had mm. uh, crazy growing up. He was in and out of jail for uh, 10 to 15 years. You know, he just, he got out of jail like uh, 2020. 
And so he's trying to t- turn his life around. He knows one of the things is that he wants to get, you know, wants to have love in him inside to where he can able to love people because he's had so many, many uh, bitter things happen to him with his parents not being there for him and getting into the drug trade and everything and all the viciousness. And so in order to get away from that, and so we're able to pray with him and minister to him, and it's going to be an ongoing thing with him. But there's so many people out there hurting, but the only answer is the Lord. There's no other answer. He He is the answer, and he can come in and minister you inside and heal you and uh, uh, give you a, a new start in life. And so that's what this young man is uh, experiencing. And, you know, he just uh, getting uh, to know the Lord a little bit, and he's definitely on his way, on the right way. And so I, I'm just excited when somebody um, goes through that situation where uh, they they saw the light. And Amen. so this young man here is seeing the light. And, of course, he is the light. I love that. I love that. People yeah. can pray for him and for you as you continue doing that work. And it's always great having you on here about what the Lord's doing and getting your thoughts on the faith because, it, you know, that's a big chunk of the reason why we're here. We want to encourage each other. We often say in the program, you know, we want the program to help, not just exist, to to be popular or so people like us or something. That really doesn't go – that's like a bottomless pit of, of chasing after that. But if if we can point people to the Lord, that's the best thing we can ever do. There are other things we do that are fun and give gift cards out or some, you know, good interviews or things. But it's really about ultimately hoping that people know – the Lord. So for you to share that story is, uh, I know that all the things you're doing in your life, I'm sure that's, that's near the top of the list to be able to see that sort of thing happening. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that's, uh, that's, that's what it's about. And uh, when you see people, uh, you know, receive him and be nourished, of course, you know, you can't help, but as the, as the, uh, the life is flowing and the, you know, there's abundance of life for everybody that you end up just kind of soaking in it, in it yourself to where you're able to, enjoy his love because he, he cares about all of us. And uh, there's plenty. He's got plenty to go around. <laughs> that's right. That's a good point. Doesn't run out. That's, that's right. Great. That's right. <laughs> More than enough. That's it. More than enough. Gee, thanks for call, for calling in and being part of the program today. It's great to hear your voice and hope that we get to have you on again sometime soon. Sounds, sounds good. And uh, go Sixers. <laughs> that's it. They're going <laughs> to close the Raptors out tomorrow. Uh, you know, they got, they got a shot. You know, I think they could. I think they probably will. You know, it looks like right. that, 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 that jumper, I think, took the, uh, <laughs> Joel hitting that shot, I think was, uh, you know, like you see in the movie when you know, hey, it's over, man. <laughs> <laughs> when they didn't lose game three, that told me maybe this is a different Sixers season. Yep. You know, it's so easy That's to right. fall back and lose the third game after you've won two, and then you kind of go back yep. from the, but when they won that third, they go up three zip. Yeah. So. Yeah, they kept their poise, uh, which you know, because they could have, they definitely could have folded up the tent, but they, they hung in there, and that's that's good. But I, I tell you, you know, and you got you got guys that are stepping to the challenge so far. They have definitely uh, stepped up. I mean, uh, a bunch of guys who are playing better now than they did during the regular season. Yeah. Well, this is what, and this is where it matters. So you want them to turn it on now. That's, that's right. <laughs> that is the it is now is the time. Well, I'm looking, I'm going to get my snacks out and enjoy watching, and uh, and then some other stuff th- over the weekend. You have any plans for the weekend? Oh yeah, well, like uh, our son, he's uh, but he's got his whatever birthday, you know, it's <laughs> in the forties. He's okay. got a birthday, got a birthday tomorrow, so we'll be uh, we'll be over there at his house, you nice. know, with the, 
the whole gang will be over there. Lovely. Yep. Yep. Have a wonderful time and, and squeeze that grandson's cheeks for me. I will do. <laughs> All right. and you have a good one too. Thanks, G. God bless you. Have a great weekend. All righty. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. Gary G. Cobb on the Tim DeMoss Show. Played 11 seasons in the NFL, including several with the Eagles. Also a longtime broadcaster in the Philadelphia market, and he joins our program every now and again. Been a while, so it's good to catch up with G. Uh, we're looking forward to our special show continuing to unfold here. Brandon Heath, who joined our program a couple weeks ago, has a brand new CD out called Enough Already. We're giving it away, so get to WFIL.com sometime today or over the weekend and get entered for that. I'm going to play a song from that for you and a couple of clips from our chat with Brandon to give insight into the album in case that would help you kind of understand more about the the, the, um, the prize you'd be winning. And we also have Bonnie Wright joining our program, best known as Ginny Weasley in the Harry Potter movies. Uh, she has a book out called Go Gently, Actionable Steps to Nurture Yourself and the Planet. So that's all coming up. And then uh, we're going to try and squeeze in a little now that's punny on the back end. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, Famous Friday Edition, AM 560, WFIL.com and on the WFIL app. It's the Tim DeMoss Show podcast, available at WFIL.com. Thanks for listening. He's out there knocking, so let's open the door. AM560, WFIL.com, and on the app, listen to the Tim DeMoss Show, Brandon Heath, and Human Nature from his new CD, Enough Already, which we're giving away, by the way, on our site at WFIL.com. So get there and get yourself entered. We had Brandon on the program, and he talked about that song, as well as a favorite of his on the album called He Is Not Worried. We're not God's problem. We are God's children. That's the line. And that was the first single actually off of the new record. And that's kind of a powerful statement, I think. You know, we're not God's problem. We are God's family. And that, again, is kind of like been this new revelation for me of how God sees us, that he has hope for us. That he's, he's telling a story. There's another, there's another song on the record, probably my favorite song on the record. It's called he is not worried. And uh, in the season that we've all lived through and that, you know, the pandemic is still unfortunately around, but we're also seeing war in, in Russia and Ukraine. The world is as broken as it's ever been. And there's a lot to be worried about. But one thing that I actually kind of asked myself in the very beginning of the pandemic is, is God worried? Is he worried? Because I was worried about the direction that the world was going in. There's still days I still struggle with that, but I had to ask that question, is God worried? And uh, I'm always reluctant to speak for God, but the scriptures pretty much point to God is telling a story through us. He knows how it began and he knows how it's all going to end. And so I think if you know that, there's no, there's no chance you're worried about how things are going to go because you know. So if God's not worried, which I don't believe that he is, then i I won't worry. If my life is in his hands, then worry, like fear and worry are kind of futile. So that's what that song is about. It talks about my dad a little bit, my, my earthly father and my heavenly father. And I, I just love it. Brandon Heath talking about a couple of his songs from his brand new CD, Enough Already. The song Human Nature first, and then He Is Not Worried. While we had Brandon on the phone, he talked about the meaning behind the title, Enough Already. Enough has kind of been like a theme for me the last couple of years. I'd say that like a wound that I've carried in life is just the feeling of not being good enough and 
you know, I, I think a couple of years ago, I wouldn't even wanted to talk about that, but I've done so much work around it and had, had a great therapist through it that I've realized there's a lot of people that, that struggle with that too, of just not feeling good enough as they are. So I really had to focus in on what God says about us and that we are made in his image and that he loves us, that he is love. And so for me, you know, my old song, Give Me Your Eyes, it's really kind of taken on new meaning for me. Originally, it was about God, give me your eyes for your people. And now it's more, God, give me your eyes for me. Like, how do you see me? Because I don't see me very well. I'm pretty rough on myself. So enough already. Kind of like you read it like enough already, which I love. I love I love uh-huh. titles with double meanings. But it really is more about like, I'm enough already. I don't need anything else to qualify me. God says that I'm enough and I'm enough. So that's really where that comes from. Brandon Heath on the meaning of the title behind his new CD, Enough Already. Again, we are giving that away. You can get entered to win at WFIL.com on the contest page. While you're there, right in our homepage, there's a podcast of the interview with Brandon. So you're welcome to listen to it there or download it. You can always subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Just type in Tim DeMoss Show. But if you're going to our site to enter the contest and or want to listen, it's simply WFIL.com. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show, AM560, WFIL.com and on the WFIL app. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560, WFIL? Email Timmy D at WFIL.com. AM560, WFIL.com and on the app. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. Thanks for tuning in. She is best known for her role as Ginny Weasley in the Harry Potter movies. She has also directed a number of films and has now written a book called Go Gently, Actionable Steps to Nurture Yourself and the Planet, introducing Bonnie Wright. How you doing, Bonnie? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Wonderful. Thanks for taking a few minutes to chat today. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations on Go Gently, Actionable Steps to Nurture Yourself and the Planet. Could you take a moment and uh, just share, yeah, share a little backstory. How long has this been in your mind to do and what was the process like for putting it together? Yeah, sure. So I guess I have been, the things that I share in the book are basically shifts and changes I've been making at home in my day-to-day life to be a little bit more kind of, I guess, have a bit more of a tangible relationship to the climate crisis and how my actions connect to the larger issues. And sometimes we can read these big overwhelming statistics and headlines and wonder how we fit into place. Um, So I had been implementing shifting habits in my, my life, like being a bit more intentional with my consumer choices, knowing a bit more about what goes behind a product, where it's from, what materials are in it, then learning about how I could make things more from scratch so that I was, you know, being a bit more resourceful and resilient as a person and how I could look after my stuff that I had so that I had a really longer life out of them. And then also looking at more like what happens after we throw things away, what truly happens in our waste management system and how can we divert things from landfill. Um, And so I had been doing these things for the last couple of years, ever since starting to work with Greenpeace um, as an oceans ambassador and looking at single-use plastic pollution. Um, And I began to think maybe people want to hear this and maybe I should um, put all these things into a book and create a kind of resource for people to go to. So that's how I kind of came up with Go Gently. Um, And as the title suggests, I I, I kind of want to really look at the importance of our mental health within this and how we don't need to feel bad about what we're not doing 
uh, or feeling like we're not enough or we need to be perfect as an activist. Um, I kind of want to show how we just need to show up. It doesn't really matter how, um, but apply our own skills and perspectives and identities to the issue. Yeah, I think there's a lot right about your title and, and as you're describing it, how it plays out in the book. I was curious about if you lay the book out in a certain uh, intentional way in terms of like each chapter has a pattern and you want each you know, people to read it and kind of get something from each chapter or is it more story driven or how, how does it, how do you lay it out? Yeah, sure. I mean, I wanted to create a book that felt a bit more like how a cookbook is, you know, you can sort of like jump in and out of different areas. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it very much flows too if you read it from cover to cover. Uh, but each chapter is sort of similar to go gently, but it's go something else. So the first chapter is go learn and look at kind of the educational side of things, like what, what's happening in the world. Um, and then it goes into go see, which is like where you walk around the home and you begin to just ask questions about what already existed in your home to learn more about these issues. And then go organize, go shop, looking at consumer habits and choices, go cook, looking at how you can use food as a way into this issue. And then go keep looking at how you like mend and tend to your things. So make so making your own homemade products from cleaning supplies to uh, like fasting to, um, you know, fabric kind of solutions. And then it looks at going beyond uh, just the home activities. The end of the book looks at how you can apply these uh, individual actions to the larger issues, to your community, to your workplace, to your family. So there's quite a lot in the book. I hope that the chapters kind of make it more digestible. And there's also lots of photography and illustration. Yeah, and you're you're actually answering a question I was going to ask you a little further down the line, just about how people could pick up Go Gently and what they might learn that would apply to other things in addition to taking care of the planet. And I'm I'm just guessing, reading between the lines from what you've said, the the idea that a person can make a difference, they don't have to do everything, and then sometimes you think too big and you don't do anything at all, and how a person can look right around where they are and bring about good in in the, in the spot that they're in. So, yeah, I often liken it to like, you know, it's always a bad idea to set yourself up big New Year's resolution goals. And then by the end of January, you've always already failed at them. And then you feel bad about it. It's yeah. kind of that idea. Like, don't set yourself up for these huge things that you just can't commit to long term because then you'll feel, you know, even worse for not being able to do so. So really t- taking manageable things, starting small and also knowing that, you know, something that you could start getting into at first just to get going, you could actually decide, actually, I'm not as interested in that as I thought and, and find something else until the right fit happens to you. Bonnie Wright, our guest today on the Tim DeMoss show, best known for her role as Ginny Weasley in the Harry Potter movies, although she's been in many other films too, and has been doing directing in recent years. She also has a brand new book out called Go Gently, Actionable Steps to Nurture Yourself and the Planet. You know, one thing, uh, Bonnie, that people are familiar with, obviously recycling is certainly an easy um, discussion topic and, uh, you know, we have the blue can here at the house and it depends on what day it is you take out this, whatever. Are there some items in your experience that uh, you came across that are more naturally suited? Like this really is being recycled and therefore it's, it's good to recycle. And this thing you think you're recycling, but it's really not as helpful an item. And if you can avoid using it in the first place, you know, do. Yeah. I mean, so things that are definitely recycled pretty regularly is like metal. Yeah. So like. Uh, aluminium and steel and then another material like cardboard and paper those things are if they're not lined with plastic you know just straight cardboard and paper right they're definitely materials that you know most states in america are, are recycling those things the one thing that's a bigger gray area and just 
there are, you know, many different types of plastics. There's at least seven now kind of becoming more. And sometimes they can be mixed materials as well, which also can be quite difficult. So, yeah, knowing your plastic types, the numbers, one through seven, which I explain in the book, and knowing which are more likely to be recycled than not. I also always stress to people, you know, look up, put in your nearest ta- your town or, you know, your county council into the, uh, you know, internet and actually find out what you can and can't recycle yeah. in your local area because it does change quite significantly. Um, I mean, some things that can't be recycled are like soft plastics and then like mixed material plastics. So if you've got like, I don't know, a bag of cookies that looks like brown paper on the outside, but you open it and it's like a silvery foil on the inside, like that can't be recycled because yeah. it's a mixed material. Yeah. Let me ask you this, uh, Bonnie, if I could too. In general, I'm, I, there's a couple of things I'm just thinking about. My, I was, when I was just going to tell you, when I, was in, when I was 12, I was in London with my dad. He was at a conference. And ironically, I was collecting beer cans at the time. As a 12-year-old, I don't even know why, but they were like in the vending machine. And I remember putting a note on the machine saying, I'm in room, you know, 412. If you could please bring, I'm this American young kid because I'm like, I could add to my collection. And people actually put cans outside my door. And I, I have not recycled those. They're still in my collection. But that's my connection mm-hmm. to my connection to London. But thinking um, on the, the bigger question of why you do what you do, what, where this came from for you, as far as your awareness and thoughtfulness of, of wanting to take care of planet and, and the environment that you're in and encourage others to do the same. I know you mentioned working with Greenpeace, but even younger in your life, or had you had thoughts that direction? Yeah, I think so. I think without knowing it, you know, obviously as you like made that connection to your, when you were younger, I think I was always really interested from the get go as a child of like understanding how things work, like systems, how like, you know, the cogs of, you know, a system or a machine work. Um, and I think that's what really led me into trying to understand recycling, for instance, or our waste management system. I wanted to understand, like, you know, we throw something away, there is no way, you know, that's going somewhere. And where is that going? And how can we take a bit more responsibility back to that to, to know a bit more about it? So I think from a young age, I've always been interested in, like, how things work, I guess. And often what what things were like out of sight, you know, I was always like kind of interested in that mysterious, like, where does that kind of go? Um, and also from a young age, I've always loved being by the coast, like being by the sea, the ocean. And it was me seeing already in my early teens, like more and more plastic pollution ending up on the beaches, which is an environment I love. And that really sparked, you know, big curiosity um, to be like, why is this ending up here? Like, and, you know, I love this. I love this place. I love the beach. Um, I don't want this to happen, but to see it changing in my lifetime. Interesting. You know, there's a, a verse in the Old Testament, in the Bible, Proverbs 25, 15, and it says, through patience, a ruler can be persuaded and a gentle tongue can break a bone. And it came to mind because I thought of your title. I, I think from what I've read, the way you're approaching this, I think we'll, you're going to be successful at it because you're talking about something in a reasonable way that it's a, it's a serious topic, but you're also not taking yourself too seriously, if that's if I could put it that way, and you're trying to help people mm-hmm. pr- in, a, in a gentle way. Uh, the, the fact that a gentle tongue can break a bone mean you can have a real impact with what you're doing. So I just want to you know affirm the way that you're laying this out because I think it's it's going to be very effective. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it's so important to be vulnerable and show that we're all learning continually. And I, I want to hear people's feedback from what they find in the book because I can always be learning things and, and growing and, and it's the long-term commitment. It's not like change overnight and it's not like a one size fits all or it's not an easy solution. Yeah. Um, otherwise maybe it'd be already fixed already. 
so yeah, I, I uh, through writing the book, like definitely have to be uh, wanted to be uh, more vulnerable and just softer with the language I use to be more encouraging. Yeah, there's a lot of wisdom in that. Very last thing on the way out the door, if I could. Folks, of course, know you from the Harry Potter series, but you've done a lot of filmmaking since then. My son's a, mm-hmm. a teaches film in Florida. I always love talking to you know asking someone like yourself. Any thoughts you've had could be anything in your experience on filmmaking the last ten or fifteen years that you've been really digging into that. Um. Oh, I mean, why you do it, your craft of it, or anything? Yeah. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I guess I've I switched to kind of you know behind the camera because I felt like I love to be part of the whole evolution of an idea. Yeah. Like I I wanted to be part of the concept and through fruition and it happening and collaborating with different people. So. I'm always just so continually like excited and inspired by the different people I've got to collaborate with. I think that's what's the beauty of making films is you can't really do it on your own. Like you have to rely on people, other people. Um, and I've always been someone who like thrives in sort of like team and group settings. So I feel, yeah, continually inspired by working with new people and, you know, beginning to see and see in other films and hopefully in my own films bring in this theme of the climate, but not in like a documentary way, but more in a kind of like, I love like climate science fiction films and like imagining worlds that we could get to as a, as a way to kind of think more about this issue. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Bonnie, it's great to talk to you. Thank you so much for taking time. Congratulations again on Go Gently. Actionable steps to nurture yourself you. and the planet. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks. Bye, Bonnie. Thank It's Bonnie Wright, best known for her role as Ginny Weasley in the Harry Potter movies. She's also been in many other films and has directed a number of films, too. And now she's written a book called Go Gently, Actionable Steps to Nurture Yourself and the Planet. You're listening to The Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL.com, and on the WFIL app. Live and local, it's The Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560, WFIL, and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. AM560, WFIL.com, and on the app, you're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show, and time now for Now That's Plenty. I have a large family to feed, so I'm always in the market for financial opportunities and ways to earn money. They don't always work out, like the time I got fired from the calendar factory. All I did was take a day off. Thank you. Then there was the gig at the Orange Juice Factory where I got canned because I couldn't concentrate. Oh, we're wearing that rim shot out early, are we not? Uh, I also used to sell amplifiers, but I lost that gig by not achieving a sufficient volume of sales of the amplifiers, right. My very first side job was peddling designer clothing. I was a Dior to Dior salesman. Thank you. I also worked at a cement factory one time, but over time, things just got harder and harder, so I quit. The crickets are still going. Thank you. Uh, I was a glue salesman for a while. It was another thing I did. It went well because I stuck to my word. Because I was a glue salesman. I did well as a luggage salesman because I always made a good case. Thank you. Selling luggage. Uh, I really loved one gig in particular, selling irons. 
but I lost the job because sales were decreasing. Yes, indeed. Oh boy. So, uh, one time, yeah, I did a lot of jobs in my lifetime. One time, <laughs> I, got, I got a job working in a hayfield, but I didn't like it, so I bailed. A job working in the hayfield. When considering what to do, then I said to a friend of mine, uh, you know, who was a ditch digger, what led him to be a ditch digger? He said he just kind of fell into it. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so I didn't do that, but then I did try my hand at woodworking for a while. Just could not get the hang of it. It wasn't for a lack of trying. Oh, amusing myself once again. I uh, I also did uh, chimneys one winter season. One guy had us install two chimneys uh, in his house, and I personally found that to be superfluous. Superfluous. Thank you. To have two chimneys. Uh, shall I go on? Maybe not. All right. Well, let me just tell you a little known fact about my wife, Tina, to close things out. She used to run the snack stand for our school sporting events and Little League and all that. She did a great job. Really well organized. Very friendly. She was really good at making the hot dogs and hamburgers. But then she got fired. This is kind of her job thing. For putting her hair in a bun. Thank you. Thank you. Hope your waitress enjoy the veal. That'll do it for now. That's funny. Have a wonderful weekend. See you Monday. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.